Balances and welcome to episode 15 of the Balance Theory podcast. This week's guest will be no stranger to those of you who are up to date with all the shows. It is the one and only Scott Halford, whom part one was released last week. So if you have not had a chance to listen to that one yet, I strongly urge you to pause this episode now and go back and listen to it. It is a flow on from last week's release. So you might get a little bit confused starting halfway, but just to give you a little bit of a recap, we talk all things last week on brain balance. So how and why control functions are such a big part of the human experience. We do some brain myth busting. We also search into the question of whether we have heritable traits through a really interesting study involving two twins, one of which ended up in on death row sorry and the other one ended up as a successful broker so that's also super interesting one of my favorite stories out of the whole book too but for those of you tuning in and following on from last week we will finish scott's stress erasers which i'm sure all of you are waiting to finalize after being left hanging halfway last week i questioned scott on whether habits and rituals are an essential part of day-to-day life or whether they just enhance our experience so i really loved his response to that We also go into his whole concept of a brain-based culture and he shares his thoughts on why we are now living in the most brain-based culture that we ever have before. A couple of other really interesting things we go into today is why Scott thinks we are retiring too early and how and why we can continuously grow our brain. So I think when we all think of our future brain, it's like, yeah, we definitely have the potential. It can shrink, but the excitement for me personally comes in the opportunity and understanding of how I can continuously grow that. So I hope you all love today's episode as much as you did last week. Again, if you do want to read the book, it is available on Amazon and I would strongly, strongly recommend you do so. I'll pop links to Scott's uh, website and resources below, but for now, enjoy. And so really critically important to do these throughout the day. So the five things are this. The first thing is cardiovascular exercise. Weightlifting is great for your bones. The only weightlifting that we've seen that actually has an appreciable difference on your brain and its health and its size is our exercises that you lift with your legs. Your legs are key. The legs are the key thing. So all you guys out there with the big old chests and skinny bird legs, uh, <laughs> go out and get those legs in there as well. Um, also, I'm just cardio- all, the, all the women listening would be happy because that's all they work on, <laughs> the core and the legs. Yeah. It, right. We need, we need the legs to really be in there. Um, there's a lot that the legs do. And because they carry you every single day, um, we know that strong legs lead to a strong brain. Cardiovascular exercise doesn't have to be, if you, if you don't like exercise, don't think of it as that. Go take a walk around the block faster than you typically walk, just a little faster than you get, a, you know, break a little sweat for 30 minutes. And if you have to work up to it, work up to it. 30 minutes a day. That's all we're calling for. It's a minimum. And if you are able to get that going, that cardiovascular, you're oxygenating your, your brain, you're oxygenating everything that you need. The brain needs that oxygen big time. People who exercise before they go learn something, increase their retention of that learning in the memory, not after they learn, but before they learn. Mm-hmm. So we know exercise is huge. Okay, so 30 minutes, if you can't get it in, get it in, get it, in. get your Fitbit, get your steps, just make it a part of your life. And I know you, you are, you're religious about it, aren't you? Yeah, well, to be quite honest, it does. I physically feel that it helps me 
you know, manage that cortisol first thing in the morning. And I noticeably feel on the days where I don't exercise first thing in the morning, because maybe I've committed to an afternoon class or something. I really do feel that like I probably won't have a coffee or something like that. Just to, I see it kind of like a scale. Like if I've exercised my cortisol's here so I can have a coffee and it comes up a little bit, but then if I don't, I feel like it just tips me over sometimes. Yeah. Uh, to that point, I, I, I'd like to bring up a little, just a little cute thing is this. So remember that cortisol in the morning is your friend. It becomes not your friend, typically for most of us when we wake up. You know why? Because we wake up and we take out from behind our pillow our phones. Mm-hmm. And we look at them and we read news of the world or emails from work. When was the last time either one of those made your day? It doesn't happen very often. Come on. So <laughs> your, right, your cortisol bumps up. Then you go meet the family if you have a family and your children are crying for something and you have to get out the door and then you get into rush hour traffic. You get in the train, it's all busy and everybody's mad and you get grumpy, grumpy, grumpy and you go and you head off to the work and you want to get there to get your emails done and you go there and the coffee's not made and you're upset and that's all before 7.30 in the morning. So you've taken your cortisol, what would be a focuser, and you completely elevate it to such a level that now it's an anxiety producer. And the thing that I would really admonish each one of you, just really suggest to each one of you to consider is this. Um, And anyone out there who is owning a company and and has employees, consider that maybe you let your employees work for the first two to three hours at home. They don't go out into traffic. They don't meet the bad stuff. You keep all of you out there, keep away from the news for at least a half hour. Mm. Allow that cortisol to focus you. Get done what you can get done. You will get done more in one focused hour than you will in four distracted hours. That yeah. morning time is huge. You know what you're wasting it on? You're wasting it on, on, on petty little rages out there in the world and on email. That's Your brain's a heavy lifter. It's like using a, 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 a tuna fish net to catch a goldfish. Mm. You don't want to be doing those things in the morning. So, um, so your cortisol is your friend. When you drink coffee, it takes that cortisol down, believe it or not. I'll and so you, you want to actually, yeah, so you want to kind of wait an hour after you've awakened to drink any coffee. You want to keep that, that the cortisol is your friend in the morning. Yes. That's, you know, if you've, if you've slept properly. But you're exercising. I mean, the, the, the amount that you exercise now is predictive. You know, the, the, the adage is this, is how you treat your brain in your 20s is predictive of how your brain will be in your 70s and that's a scary story for many of us but you know the the idea that we didn't pay attention um stress is big five erasers cardiovascular second one sleep eight hours eight hours eight hours if you are melbourne australia by the way is that a place in in japan is the least slept place in the world uh china comes in there and united states we're, we're not sleepers Bad, 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 bad. Melbourne, Australia is the place on the planet that sleeps the most on average. Really? Well, they're all in quarantine at the moment, so they've got nothing else to do, the poor things. <laughs> that's, I know, that's it. So, that's crazy. Um, eight hours. Melbourne. Yeah, it, it, it's, sleep is critical. You will die more quickly from the lack of sleep than you will from food or water. You make bad decisions. Never buy a car in the afternoon when you have decision fatigue and you're tired. Don't buy things when you are lagged. You know, don't go into the Munich airport and buy watches at the big, huge, you can see what I've had to teach myself. <laughs> the thing that you want to pay attention to is that sleep 
is critical. Stop shortchanging it and stop taking your phones to bed with you. That's work. Your, 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 your work has had a, a plenty of time with you. And, and now it's time to, you, you, the reason why you're staying up be, is because you, you're not giving any signals to your brain that you're finished. When, when people ask me, my, my family is, they drives them nuts that when I will just, like I gotta take a little nap and I'll lay back and I will be boom, out. And I'll wake up like three or five songs later. I'm like, how many songs was I asleep for? And they're like, you're weird. You just fall right asleep. How do you do that? And this is what I say. You know, when you go to lunch, what do you do? You eat lunch. When you go to a baseball game, what do you do? You watch baseball. When you surf, you surf. When you swim, you swim. When you go to bed at night, what do you do? You work in your brain. And it's not it's what we're setting ourselves up to do is to worry and ruminate. It's quiet. I can think about things. Not the place to do it. It's yeah. not the place to do it. You you want to to, yeah, you want to teach your brain to sleep. Mm -hmm. Sacred time. Stretch. It's almost like you, you want to get yourself in a routine so that when you hit the pillow, your brain goes, this is a signal and I'm ready to sleep. Whereas if you're, you've always got your phone there or whatever. Um, but I, I will add just a little something because I know for a lot of people, they do use their phones as like alarms and stuff. So when I sure. originally was hearing, you know, don't bring the phone in the bedroom, I was really like, that's not really going to work for me because I don't have a clock. So my suggestion, um, little input here is put the phone on airplane mode an hour before you go to bed, whack it on charge. You can still use the alarm function, but it's not there bombarding you and try not to you know, just go on it at all. So it's considered, yeah, absolutely. But it's more like it functions as a clock only when it's in there. It, it, absolutely. And, I, and I, I, I use it as a kind of a generic, don't take work to bed. Um, if you're using your phone to read novels on your Kindle or something else like that, by all means, please do. It's just that when you go there and you're answering emails, yes. you know, uh, to work, that's a sign of, of sickness in my opinion. And when you don't sleep, your brain swells you have inflammation. And when you have inflammation, guess what happens? Your brain becomes sticky. And when it becomes sticky, the little festin that comes in at the sixth and a half hour of sleep, it's in the fourth REM cycle, the fourth slow wave cycle, it's a car wash. It goes, it goes through the hills and the valleys of your brain. And if you haven't hit six and a half hours, your brain gets sticky and it holds on to tau tangles and beta amyloids. And those are all implicated in Alzheimer's. People who have Alzheimer's don't sleep very well. Yeah. And people who don't sleep very well oftentimes get Alzheimer's or other dementia. Your brain is inflamed in the morning. It actually feels big in your head because it is. If you want to take that down, eat some cherries. Tart cherry will help to take that inflammation down. Your worst enemy in your life after 30 is the inflammation of your brain. And sleep, the lack of, is the number one culprit for it. And we're bad at it. Yeah. So dark room, quiet room. Get rid of that TV, bad feng shui anyway. If you put a timer on it. And chili room, chili room. Um, it, it, I don't know what it is in centigrade or in Fahrenheit. I know what it is in Fahrenheit, but I don't know what it is um, at the big C. It's 64 degrees. So minus 30, what is that? Uh, 64 degrees in uh, Fahrenheit. Yeah. For your room temperature, your brain likes cool. What did you say? It sleeps better. 64. So that would be 17 and a half degrees. 17 and a half degrees for your head. Now you can cover your body up all you want, um, but if you ever wake up in the middle of the night, kind of tossing and turning, what do you do? You flip the pillow. Why? Because your brain likes cool. 
So oh. you can go buy a cold pillow. Yeah. They're, they're pillows that like to cool your, your head. You'll think better when you sleep in a cool room. You will eventually warm up. Don't worry, you're not going to freeze into an ice cube. Actually, while Sleeps we're on the topic too. of um, cooled, can I just interject quickly? Um, I know we spoke briefly about does the brain operate uh, more optimally in different uh, temperatures? And I was asking you from the point of view of like whether you have a hot sauna or you have an ice bath. So do you think that doing things like the cold showers and the ice bath equally like having the cold room when you sleep is also beneficial for brain operation? Yeah, you know, it's it, it's a great, it's a very complex question, actually, that you ask. Um, it's it's researched pretty heavily. Cold climates are are better in general for thinking. The hotter a climate is, the slower we go because our brain is operating with hot blood, moving slowly with the blood pressure the way that it is happening, and we just become kludgy. We just like zoom, right? You know how you feel when you're overly hot. Yeah. When you're overly cold, it doesn't work very well either. But when you're cool, that's when it's going to work best. So when you're doing homework or you're trying to do a project, get to a place where you can go where your head can stay a little bit cool, especially if you're tired. Okay, cool. The sauna is a great place to be. It's going to, it's, it's going to open up your vessels. Um, it's okay. It'll drop your blood pressure. The cold pool, the finished pool, We'll close them right back down again. It's probably more cardiovascularly beneficial, but yep. anything for your heart benefits your brain. Yep. So there's a nice synergy there between what you do for your body and the flow on effect to your brain. Huge, yeah. Perfect. All right. So after sleep, what's the next one? Sleep. Uh, then we have a wake rest, quiet moments. I say three times a day for 10 minutes each. Untether yourself from your phone. Walk away from your desk. Do not take anything electronic. I know it's going to cause some of you to break out into hives. Do not take anything electronic with you. And go take a walk. You will well, love minutes. yourself when you do this. Yeah, well, 10 minutes isn't a lot to ask for. So I think if you could start with even one 10-minute block and then build up to two and three slowly, like it's definitely doable. Uh, like think of the amount of times you, you know, procrastinate at work that could be spent 10 minutes just circling the block. A hundred percent. And, and we know that people who work shorter amounts of time focused with proper breaks will outpace, outproduce people who work a full day. So, yes. you know, working more is not making you a better worker. The yes. work, the worst place you could do work is at work. So <laughs> it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a very distracting place. That's number three. Number four is laughter. It's yes. quickest spill of oxytocin takes down, takes down that, uh, the, the cortisol, Get laugh, laugh, laugh. Kids laugh about 400 times a day when they're four years old. As adults, we laugh 15 times a day. Oh. Ah. So, I know, it's sad. And number five, I love this one. It's, um, it's about becoming in awe of our species. When somebody sends you a YouTube or some other video of something that is like, oh, it's going to you know, tug your heart, you watch it and you, you, even if you're a guy, you get a little tear in your eye. And you are moved. Yeah. That movement is neurochemistry that actually moves some really positive things into your system, very bad things out of your system. Every day you want to find something that brings you some kind of hope because hope is a predictor of heart health and brain health. The thing that a lot of people do is they say, yeah, it's like, it's touchy feely. Yeah, it might be, but it's what humans do. And you know what? We spend a lot of time talking about all the crap that's going on, all the bad things that are happening, and all of our politicians, the thing that we 
deserve to do is to go out there and look for human beings doing amazing things for other human beings and other beings on our planet. It's good for your head and heart. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. Five easy things that everyone can, um, I guess, ponder on, think about how they can perhaps integrate into their own lives to really optimize their brain. The thing I wanted to chat with you about was this concept of a brain-based culture um, and, and how we can utilize that and leverage off it uh, to really achieve balance in our own individual ways. So firstly, why don't you share a little bit about what the brain-based culture is, the way you kind of... Yeah. So let me, let me ask you this. So in Australia, I said Melbourne's under lockdown, so people are at home, yes. right? And um, so has that been kind of, that's been the wave throughout the country, throughout Australia, you have people at home in certain places and... Yeah, so, so each of the states sort of have been governed by their own, by their own um, premiers. So at the moment, because Victoria or well, Melbourne had uh, more cases, they're under stricter lockdown, whereas uh, New South Wales and Queensland, so where Sydney and Brisbane are, um, was a little bit, uh, they had less cases. So their rules are a little bit less strict, but we've still got like social distancing and, and regulations with like people per place. But most people are still working from home. So that's the thing that I want you to pay attention to. Um, the brain-based culture is probably happening more now than it ever did before. Because you have people working at home. You have people who are like, I don't know what to do. I, I have all this time on my hands. You know why? Because you're not getting distracted. You know why? Because you're not, and, and don't get me wrong, there is a huge social benefit at work to this face-to-face -face thing, huge. Huge, huge, huge. It's, it's the biggest thing that you are missing is that. Um, but the other big thing is, is that you're finding time. You know why? Because you're not pretending to be busy. You're working. You're doing, you do what you do and then you're, you're done with it. And you do it faster because you're more focused. You have less distraction. So a brain-based culture pays attention to that. It says this thing that's happening from the pandemic is it's not an accident. And people in neuroscience, we've been arguing forever to create that. Um, snacks in your in your canteen or in your your in your building to make them fruit and to make them you know whole grain and things that people can eat that benefit the brain. There's a whole list of foods that benefit the brain. I talk about it very heavily in my book. Um, that better than caffeine. An apple will awaken your brain more quickly than caffeine. And I was glad. Um, to so see you know, there's chocolate was on there, so that was a good one. <laughs> which one? I was glad to see chocolate. Oh, chocolate yeah, chocolate. Boost your endorphins. The cocoa makes you smarter. Um, so brain-based culture is about making available to employees, if you are making available food already, things that are good for their brain. The other thing is that you begin to sanction time for people to have space. That it's not about this race that is constant and that, that the corporations are being you know, held down by the stock market. But the stock market is making very unhealthy employees. People are jumping out of buildings. People are dying and committing suicide. It's not an accident that these things are happening. It's happening because people are feeling like the only way they can be successful is to be on for hours and hours, and it's not true. So brain-based culture recognizes breaks and time and holidays. And the biggest thing is everyday breaks. Every single day throughout the day, 10-minute breaks. It sounds like a lot, but it's not. Um, other brain-based culture things are allowing your people to have a lot more choice about their career as opposed to prescribing their career to them. You say, you know, 
if you're going to choose among these four different kind of areas in our organization, what do you think would trip your trigger the most? What do you think would, you know, pop your tarts? What would make you really excited to have as a job? What, what would you, and allowing them to have that choice, you'll, you'll learn something, but also um, they have buy-in. Lots of employers are making those choices for their people. Where you can give choice, give choice. Where you can give control. Where you can help people to understand the value they bring that if they were missing from the organization, that something would not happen. If you can figure out that out and point that out to them, the value that people have and the meaning and significance that they feel, it goes a million miles towards productivity and, and discretionary effort. So BrainBase is lots of different things. It's a reconnoitering how we work. It's allowing uh, people to really do what they want to do. Um, and of course, lots of things that they don't. But here's the last thing I will say is that we're retiring people too early. And I don't say this because I'm entering into old age, you know, <laughs> who's dying. Um, I'm interested in wisdom and the, 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 the accumulation of it at 50. That's my, my next big topic that I'm going to write about. But the thing that is happening is this, is because of the wisdom, what we have inside of organizations is we have this exaltation of, of the, the brand new graduated worker. Um, great. They have energy and they actually know new technology and they know all, the, all of the new things. What they don't have are years on the planet. Mm -hmm. So they don't have the same wisdom that the people who are 60 and 70 years old. We're suggesting to certain corporations to find a pool of about 100 people who are getting ready to retire and offer them a job that is part-time and they become a consultant, but they are owned by the company and they are paired with those young potentials and the two become a team for a year. Experiment and watch what happens when you put the, the youth and the, wisdom, the, 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 the energy and the knowledge now together with the wisdom, bam. That's going to create huge, 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 big opportunities and big innovation for companies. If they can begin to see, don't put people out to pasture. They're actually not ready. You know why we're tired is because work is hard to do at work and we're there all the time. Yeah. You change it around, we're going to want to work for the rest of our lives. Yeah, that's, a, um, that's a really, really interesting experiment. And like, I'm even just thinking now as like a, you know, in the more junior years of, of my legal profession, like having had, if I had someone like, you know, pair their wisdom with my zest and my energy, like that could be extremely incredible. So uh, 100%. that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it'll be powerful. And, and, and so I'm, I'm interested in why, how'd you go, how'd, you, how'd this podcast idea come for you? So, yes, so I um, studied law and I've been working in finance law for two or three years now. And I guess for me personally, because I work in more transactional type law, um, I, I really did feel like it was me in the paper. I do work in a team, but we all run our own individual matters. Um, so for me personally, I, was, I felt I was lacking that interpersonal connection with people. And um, I also run like a boot camp on the side as well. So I've always had lots of things going on. And so this idea of balance and being able to kind of do all these things and, and be like a great daughter and be really good friend and be the, a great partner and all these and kind of manage all of that in one go has always been something um, that's really, really interested me. And I've had some really, really great mentors who 
um, are also quite big on like balancing your life areas and stuff like that. And I don't know, the, the idea of a podcast was sort of floated between my partner and I about a year ago. And <clears throat> excuse me, it was only entering into this year. He kind of dropped it on me again and said, why don't you do the podcast thing? And I felt this like wave of calmness and, and excited. I was very excited about the idea. And I think, oh, well, I think that's a sign I got to do it. Um, so I started just um, yeah. plodding along at it. And I'm, I'm, I really love always learning new skills and, and really pushing myself. I'm, I'm not exactly that kind of person. The second I get bored, I, I look for the next challenge. If, if it's not presented to me, I'll create it myself. Um, so this podcast. It's, it, it's, it, yeah, it's amazing what you've done. I mean, it's, it's so cool that, I mean, the world needs people like you who are evangelists for doing, you're, you're just doing everything that I've written about in the book, but I, and I didn't invent it. And it's not, not intuitive. You paid attention to the podcasting. You listened to something that said, wow, I feel peaceful about this and excited. That's a big sign. That's your body knows, your brain knows those 11 million bits per second. I think the world needs more people like you. I hope your, your podcast grows huge because the, the material that you cover and the things that you talk about are so incredibly needed right now on the planet. Huge. I agree. I would agree. And, and yeah, I mean, the opportunity to meet people like yourself who are on the other side of the world in a completely different, you know, I, I doubt with our, our strict professions, we ever would have crossed paths. Um, and it was only because my partner brought over, he moved in with me not, not so long ago, and he brought over all these books that he had, that he had sort of been meaning to get around to, had half started, half not, that I picked up your book, read it, and I was like, I need to get this guy on the podcast, and here we are. Fantastic. <laughs> so that's sort of how um, the podcast came to be. But yes, I, I really missed that creating interpersonal relationships with people, getting to know their stories, and really just unraveling them. And I, I really like connecting with people on that level and, and really just learning as well. Like you learn so much from these types of conversations. So yeah, yeah I've, I've honestly- It's a lot of work what you've done though. It's a lot of work. It's good for you. Yeah, it's, it's good for my brain, good for my soul. Pass the podcast around everybody. Make sure that everybody gets to hear it. Yeah. Yes, yes, that good. would be awesome. I would actually love to know your opinion on um, rituals and habits, even if it's just brief. Like, do you think they are essential or do you think that's something that could only amplify our experience, but you could probably get by without them? I don't think you'll get by without them. I think that, that rituals are the sign of a healthy person. I think you could take it too far for sure that you become obsessive compulsive, but having rituals that you go to, you know, the thing that you do every Friday morning that you read the newspaper till 11 o'clock every morning on Sunday, you know, on Sunday morning, you have a breakfast, you go for a walk and it's the same kind of thing. Your brain loves the consistency because it really looks for the same thing in the environment. It's a predictive machine. It likes that. It calms it because it knows what to expect. Rituals are, when you look at things like addiction, the thing that goes away in all of addictions is ritual. Mm. You lose the ritual of their lives. They don't have any kind of time schedule. They don't have any um, connecting with your friends. I mean, you, you just kind of went through the, how am I going to be a, a good friend? Um, a good partner, a good worker, all those things. Each one of those are allocations. And it means that you have to kind of become somewhat ritualistic. Ritualistic um, Rituals are the thing that holds things together. 
it's why they do the one, two, three, whoo, you know, before a game and why they have team jerseys. And it's the thing inside of an organization that keeps people celebrating. They always do pizza on Tuesdays. And you get rid of that, you'll have more fear over that than, than letting an entire department go. So rituals are the things that make humans. We've been doing them since the beginning of time. We do them because they work. Um, you, I would encourage you to look around in your life and jot down, just to notice a week of your life. For, if you can do it for a month, it's probably best. What are the things that you do that are ritualistic? Write them down. Have a think about, maybe write down why. What is it that it brings you? Because it will highlight not only how important it is, but it will make you like so much more grateful for the rituals that you have in your life. Really, they're critically important. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I would say um, they're essential to any sort of, even, even if you look at it from a success point of view and if you have like um, goals, like personal goals in terms of your performance, I would say that they are definitely like a key player when it comes to that. Um, yeah. yeah. The, before, I I, before I let you go, and thank you for your time, I did just want to ask yeah. you one thing. Is it true that we can grow our brain or is it more a question of maintaining its health? When you're 25, you're brain, about 25, your brain stops growing. And from the moment it stops growing, it starts to shrink. And the, so if you're over 25, you are rotting. No, you're not. No, I just you're, turned 25, you're, you're, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. Um, and that's an average, 25, 30 years old. 30, you know, 30 to 40, you're kind of on your bye week. You don't notice too much, but you, uh, you can't stay out as late and you, you, you just can't take the kind of abuse that you did in your 20s. When you're 40, on your 40th birthday, you wake up and you forget where you put your car keys for the rest of your <laughs> life. Memories start to kind of like, whoo, where are those? And like, I can't find things. And um, things become busier. When you hit 50, you begin every sentence with, stop me if I've said this before, because you probably have, right? And you don't even remember it. So what happens is that the brain does shrink. It loses capacity. It, use, it, it, it loses quickness. It doesn't fire as rapidly unless you're doing what you're doing. Cardiovascular exercise uh, really helps with that. Can your brain grow? The answer is yes. And you have, you have no choice about the shrinking piece. It will shrink unless you do activity that makes it grow. The activities we talked about make it grow. But the number one thing that you can be incredibly excited about is that there's a thing called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor, that is like miracle grow. It's a fertilizer in the United States. We put on flowers and they go, woo, you know, they grow, <laughs> they grow abnormally huge little weird but it's a miracle grow for the brain brain derived neurotropic factor happens with two things it happens when you exercise and it happens when you do novel things when you do something you've never done before yeah okay so those two things will grow the brain and so you want to continue to do things pick a hobby every single year that you've never go learn to, to, to play the clarinet not because you want to become a master clarinetist but because you've never done it and it will cause your brain to grow. Yeah. The last thing and the biggest thing is, is mindfulness meditation. Get the meditation, get the apps, start getting to the place where every single day you get quiet. Study in Australia, had two, uh, had 
had a set of doctors. They're a high stress job. The, the, the high stress job was shrinks the, the gray matter of your brain and it doesn't talk as rapidly. Um, and when that atrophies, it just becomes very evident. They taught these doctors how to meditate, mindfully meditate. And that means paying attention, being present, just being where you are. And when they got to five minutes twice a day, five minutes twice a day, they begin to see the gray matter stop atrophying. Wow. When they got to 45 minutes fully in a day, and it did not have to be contiguous. They did, it, it didn't have to be you know, a continuous line. They could do five minutes here, 10 minutes there, 15 minutes over here. 45 minutes a day, they saw the prefrontal lobes begin to grow. The hippocampus, where you store your memories, began to plump up. So we know in laboratory after laboratory after laboratory research, uh, the studies are prolific and profound. You could grow a brain. So Epic. the streaking is not a choice. The growth the is. I hope you choose growth. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I think that's a lovely note to leave it on. If people want to connect with you or know more about what it is you do, where's the best place they can find more info? You could go to my website, which is www.scott, S-C-O-T-T, Halford, and that's H-A-L-F as in drink, O-R-D as in dogs, at halford.com. And then um, if you want the book, I, do you guys use Amazon down? Is Amazon yep, everywhere? Yeah, got access to Amazon, yep. yeah. It's on Amazon. Um, you can get the Kindle version or you can get the, um, the other version and the, the, the uh, hardback version. The thing that I would say is the, I don't know what version you're carrying. Behind me is a picture of the orange or the white book. If it's orange, it means it's been updated. So the orange one's updated. So you're going to have to get the orange one and learn new things in there. Yeah, that's the orange brain, right? No, the orange cover with the white brain. This is a white cover oh, with the I'm orange brain was the do, first. I'm going to need to do a re reread. Yeah. It's, it, it's a, uh, yeah, there's been some good, new good stuff in there. Brain's always changing, but yeah. I really appreciate you, you uh, putting this out there to people, not on my behalf, but on their behalf. I'm, I'm at the place where I, I'm just, I'm really passionate about people learning about the finest organ in the universe. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, um, you know, so useful for people to understand how that the mass in their head works and, and how they can not only leverage off it, but utilize that to help them, you know, like the whole idea of balance is really just understanding more about yourself and what you need to want. And I think understanding your brain is, is like essential to that process. So thank you so yeah. much for downloading literally all your expertise as much as you could in this um, short time frame. Um, anyone who's loved this episode, you will absolutely love the book. Trust me, you don't need a, a neuroscience base because it's very, very easy to digest. I will pop links to your website and everything below so that people have um, direct access. But thank you again for your time. It's been an honor. Thank you. And I can't wait to read um, the, next, the next book that comes out. And when you're in Australia, we'll have to, um, we'll have to tee it up and get you chatting to some people. I'm down coming there. there after COVID. <laughs> Beautiful. Sounds great. Yeah. Thank you again. Absolutely. Have a great day. And that's a wrap for this week, Balancers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found this episode useful to some degree in either steering or determining your definition of balance today. As always, the biggest compliment for us is if you share this episode with someone who you feel might need it, or if you're on Spotify, you can click follow or on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a rating or review. 
If you have any suggestions for up and coming podcasts, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email. Our Instagram is at the balance theory and our email is the balance theory podcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you've always got the option of subscribing to our mailing list. We only send you email reminders when the episodes drop so you get them fresh out of the oven. No annoying spam, we promise. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and until next time, stay balanced. Stop, stop, stop.